Hi, and welcome. We're delighted that you've joined us here at Tell Me Where to Go, where you'll hear travel tales from all over the world designed to inspire, inform, and get you travelling around this wonderful world. Here on Tell Me Where to Go, we're going to visit Austria, and we are going to the capital of Austria, Vienna, and I'm speaking to Katrina Denk from the Austrian National Tourism Office. Katrina, it's really nice to have a chat with you again. Thanks for having me, Steve. I'm stoked to be here. Now, last time I spoke to you, we spoke about Salzburg, which is the city of Mozart. Today, we're going to speak about Vienna, and that is the city of Ludwig von Beethoven, because he lived in Vienna for 35 years. That's not a bad musical record that Austria has, really. Probably the two greatest composers ever to live, and they both have a great association with Austria. Yes, you're right. It's actually, there's a fun fact about Vienna that more famous composers have lived in Vienna than in other cities in the world. So if you go to the cemetery in Vienna, you will find one composer lying next to the other. (laughs) I wonder if they compare their works. <laughs> if they say, my symphony's better than your symphony. They probably do. <laughs> and they keep track of how often it's played around the world. It's a pity they didn't have a Billboard 100 back in the, in the 17th century, so yeah. they could have measured how popular they were. Now, Vienna is a a most beautiful city there. I know it quite intimately, not because I've been there, but because I used to watch Inspector Rex, which was set in Vienna. (laughs) Inspector Rex was a police dog, and it was absolutely a fabulous, well, many, many series of Inspector Rex, but it did introduce me to Vienna, and I realised what an absolutely beautiful city it is. Yes, I'm I'm so glad to hear that. And I also watched Inspector X with the German Shepherd, the super smart dog when I was a child that was also very popular here in Austria where I grew up. And yes, as you said, Vienna is just beautiful and it's also it's super easy to explore. So the way Vienna is structured is there's the first district right in the city centre, which is home to some of the most important sites. The first district is also surrounded by the Ringstraße, the Ringstraße Boulevard, which was built by Emperor Franz Joseph. And along the Ringstraße Boulevard, there's some of Vienna's most beautiful buildings. So all the rich people back then, they went to the Ringstraße Boulevard and built those most extravagant buildings. So, for example, the Vienna State Opera is on the Ringstraße, the Parliament, the City Hall, the Kunsthistorische Museum, the Museum of Fine Arts, the Burgtheater. When you walk along the Ringstraße, you will see so many stunning buildings. Some of them actually are home to beautiful hotels these days. The Ringstraße Boulevard in total is about five kilometers long. If you don't fancy walking for five kilometers, there's also a Ringstraße tram. So you can just jump on and take one ride around the Ringstraße and you really see all those beautiful buildings. And then around the Ringstraße are the districts with the single digit, so the second until the ninth, and then you go further out and you find the double digit numbers out there. So it's kind of structured as a snail. 
with the first district in the middle. Vienna is located on the Danube River, which is one of the world's great rivers. And I guess another great way to see Vienna would be to hop on a ferry or a boat and view it from the water. Yes, you can do that. The thing is with the actual Danube flows kind of around Vienna. So what you would really do is you go to the Danube Canal, which goes through the city center. It's kind of a sidearm of the Danube. And from there, you have an amazing view of the city as well. That's also where, for example, the boat to Bratislava starts. So this doesn't actually start on the Danube. It starts on the Danube Canal within the city center. Getting to Vienna is very easy because you have such a great rail network, got such a great road network. Of course, many international airlines fly into Vienna. It is a pretty good hub to reach Austria in any way. And I've been doing a bit of research, and yes, you've got trams. You can even see Vienna in a horse carriage as well. There's so many different ways of seeing it. I think that would be rather romantic, a horse-drawn carriage to see Vienna, perhaps around about dusk or something. I would imagine that would be quite nice to take my wife on. Would you recommend that? Yes, totally. You're right. That's probably one of the most romantic ways to see the city. So we call those horse-drawn carriage fiaca. That's how we call them. And you can really find them in the first district, especially at the St. Stephen's Cathedral. That's where they're all waiting for you. And then they take you on a tour through the Vienna city centre. And speaking of horses, there's also the... Spanish Riding School in the first district in the Imperial Palace, the Hofburg, which is home to the Lipizzana, the white stallion, as we call it. And this is just one of the most beautiful horse dances you will ever, ever see in your life. They have performances in the evening, but they also have morning practices during the week, which you can attend. It's a little bit cheaper than the actual performances. So yes, in whatever you would choose, it's just, yeah, it's stunning to see what those horses can actually do. And I would have to go and listen to the Vienna Boys Choir, I would think. I'm assuming they have regular concerts as well. Yes, that's right. We always call them the oldest boy band in the world. (laughs) Um, They have, on one hand, they have their own concert hall, which is called the Moot. And then they also perform in various other locations in the city. One of the most accessible ones is probably the Sunday Mass at the Imperial Palace, the church at the Imperial Palace. Every Sunday where you can hear the Vienna Boys Choir at the Mass. They are wonderful ambassadors of the city. Now, one thing Vienna is famous for is its coffee houses and the coffee house culture. The cakes normally accompany the coffee. Could you tell me a bit about that culture, please? Yes, you you can't go to Vienna and not visit one of the traditional coffee houses because they all have amazing cake. Um, So the coffee house culture in Vienna goes way back and it's not just about drinking coffee, it's also about like a way of life, really. It's a very different atmosphere in one of those coffee houses. It's very laid back. It's very inspiring because in the 1900, lots of really famous artists and authors and painters, they all met 
in the coffee houses to not only discuss what was going on in the world, but also to find inspiration for their work. This was also because their living rooms back in the days, they were really cold and dark and it was very hard to heat them. It was just not comfortable enough for them to spend a long time in their living room. So they really made their coffee houses their own living room. Also because they had free newspapers at the coffee houses. Yeah, they stayed up to date as well. And yeah, going to a coffee house, as I said, is a must. Also because of the cakes and the famous Sachertorte, especially when you come to Vienna. There's no way around eating a Sachertorte from the famous Café Sacher. Well, I reckon that perhaps Vienna's most famous residence, Sigmund Freud, he possibly went to those coffee houses and listened to people's conversations so he could analyse them, I guess. Yes, you, you're totally right. That's where he really started. And now there's also a Sigmund Freud Museum in Vienna where you can trace back his steps, which is super interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know there's only over 100 museums in Vienna and there's a couple that really intrigued me. First of all, this is number one on my list, the Chocolate Museum. <laughs> You've got a cue to get into that one. <laughs> yes, Austria and chocolate, we're very tight. <laughs> um, yes, as you said, there's a chocolate museum, there is a snow globe museum, so there are lots of very interesting museums, but then there are also all the classic museums. So as you mentioned, over 100 museums in the city centre. They range from ancient collections to modern art. For example, at the Belvedere Palace, you can find the world's largest Klimt collection, including the Kiss. At the Leopold Museum, you can find the largest Egon Schiele collection. So there is, yeah, they're all around the city center and they home some of the most impressive collections in the whole world, really. I have got two museums which I think are separate but have got a lot to do with each other. You have the Crime Museum and the Funeral Museum as well. Surely you must be able to get a double pass to see both of those. They would definitely be connected. (laughs) (laughs) Viennese cuisine is also well known. That is really good food. Could you tell me something about the cuisine, apart from the Sasha Tortas, etc., that you can enjoy in Vienna? Yes, of course. So the Viennese cuisine is actually the only cuisine in the world that's named after a city. And it's not only about the Wiener schnitzel or the Viennese schnitzel with noodles. We actually do not eat schnitzel with noodles. <laughs> we eat schnitzel with potatoes mostly. The Viennese cuisine can be found in some of the most exquisite restaurants in the city, but then they also have a new take on traditional recipes. So the Viennese cuisine is very meat heavy. As you probably know, there's the schnitzel, there's the Tafelspitz, there's goulash. But lately, a lot of creative new chefs came into Vienna and they took those traditional recipes and created something new with it that's not as heavy, that's not as meat-heavy. As I said before, there is a new vegetarian scene popping up, vegetarian and vegan scene. For example, the Tian restaurant, which is one of my favorites. It's a vegetarian restaurant. It's one of the gourmet restaurants of the cities. There are still those traditional 
meat heavy dishes but then if you're not so much into the meat and the big schnitzel then you can also find something that suits your taste palette we have to get some sort of liquid to help that food go down now i know that vienna has some great beers but you have some fantastic vineyards surrounding the city as well don't you That's right. So in the outskirts of the city, there are about 700 hectares of vineyards. Vienna is the only capital city in the world that grows enough wine within its city boundaries to mention it or makes it worth mentioning. Most of the grapes are white wines and there's one traditional Viennese wine that's called Gemischter Satz. Um, which is made of mixed grapes. Um, so if you go to one of the traditional Viennese restaurants, you will also find gemischter satz on their menu. And that's what I would order. And then in the outskirts of the city, there are also the traditional wine taverns. We call them the Heuriger. And in 2019, they actually became a UNESCO intangible heritage culture. So yes, visiting a wine tavern is very special and it's very Austrian, especially during wine harvest season. So September, October, you will find all the Viennese people flocking to the outskirts and getting their favorite wine from one of the wine taverns. And in fact, there's also another connection to music to one of the wine taverns because Ludwig van Beethoven used to live right next to one of the wine taverns, the Meyer on Farplatz, and that's where he pretty much went probably every day. <laughs> Maybe not, but he went there quite a lot and it's the Maya on Farplatz. So if you want to trace back the steps of Ludwig van Beethoven, there's no way around the Maya on Farplatz. Do you think every time he raised a glass to his lips, he went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> We can probably trace back his great symphonies to the wine he drank in Vienna. I thought so. Katrina Dink, thank you very much for talking to me about Vienna. When I go, I'm glad it's a walkable city because of all those coffee houses and the cuisine and the wine. I'm going to put on about 20 kilos, so I will need to walk it off. Well, no, I haven't included the chocolate museum in that either. So they're at 25 kilos. I might end up in the funeral museum. You never know. First Australian in the Austrian Funeral Museum. <laughs> well, there you go. That'll be... Died of chocolate overdose. <laughs> That's right. So I could be in two museums at once, couldn't I? <laughs> the chocolate and the funeral museum. That'd be <laughs> yes. great. Uh, Katarina Dink from the Austrian National Tourism Office, thank you so much for telling us all about Vienna, which is a fantastic place to visit. Thank you so much for having me. It was great fun talking about Vienna. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check back on our website for other stories, specialists, funny travel tales, and anything else you might need to plan and safely enjoy your next trip. We look forward to hearing you back again soon. <laughs>